What's up? And welcome back to the Something's Brewing podcast. This is episode 15. As always, brought to you by BNG Productions. That is Black and Gold Productions. You can follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions. You can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. And you can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. We have three slates of games we're going to cover today. It's the uh, the Rangers game, the Leafs game, and the Blues game. Um, but before we jump into that, Mel, how was your week? What did you end up doing? I see you're sitting there on the other side of the uh, studio here with a mustache and a little afro. <coughs> yeah, Looking like well, Pablo Escobar. Well, and I got the robe on too. Um, Amazon finally came in and they delivered my Halloween package today, Tuesday, November 8th. So just just in time for Halloween, just in time for Halloween. So, you know, I didn't want it to go to waste. So I thought I would throw it on tonight. So if you're not watching, I am wearing a grossly oversized Jerry Curl wig <laughs> with a mustache that is every time I open my mouth, it rips the hairs off of my face. But we're willing to sacrifice anything for the pod. I'm um, not going to lie. So it's th- kind of a look. It is. It's kind of a look. I'm kind of feeling it myself, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I definitely do kind of have the Pablo Escobar look. Look at it; even came with a hairnet. <laughs> you would fall out. You you literally look like a. Uh, you you know what? You kind of look like. Um, I can't see shit. What's his name? Hyde from that '70s show. Like I can see you just sitting oh on one of those gosh. like on one of those couches. In the I look in like a TV John show. Candy character. Yeah, you do. You do. Um, this weekend. Oh my gosh, I did actually do something this weekend for once. I so my roommates and I we all went to Quinnipiac, which is also the school of Connor Clifton, humble brag. Shout out Cliffy and, Hockey and Devin Taves taking over the league. Um, <laughs> but I'm he went the to Quinnipi- from, you, he went to Quinnipiac too. You freaking bet your ass he did. I didn't know me? that. I didn't he know sure, that. Quinnipiac churns out those. Like right around six foot, six one, five eleven mobile defenseman. That's that's their bread <laughs> and butter. That's their that's our wheelhouse. Um, but I am the only one. I was in a, a suite of five. Uh, I am the only one from Massachusetts. The rest are from Connecticut, the Bronx. Shout out Kieran and uh, Jersey. And four of the five of us were able to get together this weekend in Connecticut at one of my roommates uh, Parker, his house down there, and uh, we just hung out, um, sat around a fire. Twisted some caps, as my dad calls them, chugging some brews. <laughs> I've never just, heard that. That's funny. Uh, yeah, no, we just had a good time. It's probably the. I think we always we always try to get together, but with everybody in different states and everybody's on different schedules, it's so hard to do anything. And it was like the stars aligned for this weekend, so we finally got together uh, and hung out. And you know, we just kind of caught up. Oh my gosh, actually, a little bit of a sidebar. We were trying to find something to do. So we were just driving and, and keep in mind, we're in Western Connecticut. So there is, it's farm country. Like there's very, very little out there and we're driving around and I literally, I can't say anything with this wig on. Holy shit. We're, <laughs> we're, we're driving around and we come across an antique store and you know, who doesn't like to just get lost in an antique store? There's some cool shit in there. And we found out that uh, the person who owns the antique store, his job is to clean out abandoned houses, foreclosed houses whatever it might be and he just takes shit and he sells them in like this little house on the side of the road so that's where we went 
And we were walking around and we found a box of Beanie Babies upstairs, like a huge box of Beanie Babies. And they also had the tag on the ears. And like, if you're a kid our age, I mean, you know, we're early mid twenties, um, whose grandparent did not have a bunch of Beanie Babies lying around. I have a trove <laughs> of Beanie Babies in my room that I got from my grandmother. So I was like, oh my gosh, guys, look, Beanie Babies. So we, instead of buying one or two or three, we just took the whole damn box downstairs and said, how much do you want? She said, give us a dollar for a beanie baby. How much you think are in there? My, my roommate, Mike was like, I don't know, maybe 35, 40. She was like, give me 50 bucks. We went, all right. We went home 97 beanie babies. We just bought for like 50, no yeah, no, for like 50 bucks. So we went home and we were just ripping through them and we were looking them up because some of them are worth some money. Yeah. And, uh, we made a whole little spreadsheet. We put all the all the shit in there, and then my other roommate Parker is gonna sell them all on eBay, and the four of us are gonna split the profits. <laughs> I was gonna say, dude, and especially since they still have the tags on them, like some of those are actually worth like a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, and they're all like pretty much all of them have like errors on the tags and shit. They're all from like the early nineties. Like we got some, like we have like a whole set of like Easter Bunny ones. Three of them. Somebody was selling them on eBay for some big bucks so we did some research um and we'll see what happens I'm trying to pay Dude, off college by any means necessary screw buying a powerball ticket you just you just yeah no jackpot yeah, we found an old box of beanie babies but that was pretty much my weekend i didn't do much other than you know hanging out with my roommates and getting beanie babies drove home on sunday um watched that horrible offensive disaster patriots try to put up and that was my weekend what about you what'd you do uh this weekend actually some of my family was home from college so i went and i went and uh go see them and i ended up staying over at my aunt's house for no more than five hours and we were just yeah. drinking and hanging out and ended up playing family feud and like the whole time oh. it was it was honestly one of the best times of my life did were were Maybe. andrew and zach in attendance no, they were not there, but it was it was my other cousins, Marcus, Mia, and uh, Abby. They were home, so um, yeah. So we were all down there hanging out and doing whatever. But um, yeah, so we can just kind of jump right into this talk right here. Um, we ended off last episode um, with the comeback win against the Pittsburgh Penguins, and then they followed that up. We'll cover three games tonight, like I said earlier: uh, Rangers, Leafs, Blues. Um, went into MSG playing the Rangers and Bruins kind of lit it up. They, they had a five, uh, two win. Allmark had 18 saves on 20 shots. Defense looks great. Even, even without Forbert, um, you know, they can look a little bit leaky at times, but it's never to a point where it's just full, complete offensive domination from the other team. Um, but pasta had a goal, five, five different goal scorers in this game, pasta, coil, Frederick, uh, DeBrusque, and then Lindholm with an empty net. Felino also two assists that game. Hall with two assists that game. Um, that, that was a good that was a good one. And then they followed that game up with a loss against the Toronto Maple Leafs, which a lot of people weren't really focused on the game, anyways. There was a whole other distraction. I don't know if you guys heard this Mitchell Miller guy. Um, but we're, we're going to try not to dive too deep into that today because um, I did already put out a short talking about that. Uh, go check that out. That should be on our Spotify page as well, um, as well as our YouTube page. Um, but yeah, they, they 
the, the team just wasn't really looking the same. They looked sluggish. Uh, they looked distracted, obviously. It's almost um, like there was a huge black cloud over the team or something, you know? Yeah, it's all, yeah, it's almost Don't like quite there was something it, taken away from the game. It's almost like it was completely manufactured and avoidable by the team. I don't know. It's, you know, yeah. it's just one of those things. It's just one of those things that could have easily been avoided. Just yeah. that, 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 uh, that, that's going to be a saying on this, uh, organization for a while. It but, is. but yeah, um, Lost to the Leafs two to one. Omar had twenty six saves on twenty eight shots. They were not the same team for for obvious reasons. Um. So yeah, they, they Marshawn got the goal on that one. It was a penalty shot goal. Actually broke Ilya Samsonov's ankles. He actually he had to leave the game and he, yeah, he didn't come that. back yet. Which I'm not laughing at the injury. I'm laughing at the fact that like Marshawn legit like broke his ankles. And I want to add one more thing too, since uh, he it seems like he might be out for a little bit of time as well. Really. So, by any chance, well, I only say that because I noticed that the uh, the the Maple Leafs just they gave one of their goalies an emergency contract, called him up to the NHL. Do you know who it is? Is it a Shulgren? Nope. Who is it? That would be Keith Petrozelli. Oh, nice he's, Italian boy. He's from Massachusetts, and where did he go to college? Quinnipiac University, <laughs> baby. He was one of the best goalies in the entire country. At QU last year, I think it was last year. It might have been the year before. I'm pretty sure it was last year. Um, oh, look he, at QU. He had, he, okay, well, he was drafted by the Red Wings. Um, and as you know, you have three years when you're if you don't report to the team in three years after that year, you're a free agent. He decided to stay at QU his senior year, lost his eligible his his uh, draft eligibility, so he wasn't a Red Wing product anymore. Now he's a free agent. When he graduated with Quinnipiac, keep in mind he was the best. He won, I believe, he won the 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 award for best goaltender in the uh ECAC ECAC is that what Quinnipiac's in hang on. I believe so Start out. hang on yeah let's research this before we start I mean I did say that I I fell into the same trap the other day I said Jimmy VC was a hockey yeast guy turns out he yeah was he went not. to Harvard yeah, <laughs> that's on me Hand they on. are ECAC okay they, they are, are ECAC, ECAC. Petrozelli was one of the best goalies uh, his his final season at QU in the ECAC, um, and he actually came and he tried out with Boston. He was here over the summer uh, in camp. They didn't sign him. He went to Toronto, and now he's being he's probably not going to play, but he's going to be on the bench for the for the Maple Leafs, which is pretty exciting for him. He's from I believe it's Wilbraham, Massachusetts. Yeah, um, that sounds like a Western Mass town. Oh man, oh my gosh, yeah, Wilbraham. Um, but you know, good goalie prospect. Um, and he's like a legit prospect, so we'll have to see what happens to him. Yeah, Wil Wilbraham, Massachusetts. Absolutely oh, yeah. no idea where in the state that is. I know it's not anywhere near us. Nope, that's that's for sure in the sticks. Yeah. Uh, oh, Toronto Marlies. Damn, I'm just pumping this guy's brakes. No, Toronto Marlies this year, he's 6-0, 6-0-0, 2.31 goals against average, 9.22 save percentage. Good goalie. Hey, that sounds like a... Those sound like some stats comparable to a, a guy named um, Linus Omark. It does. You know, it sounds like, uh, like a you know, Maple Leafs and a goalie. Maybe they'll ship him up here to Boston for, <laughs> for somebody and we can torment them for the rest of their existence. Yeah, send him home. Send him back to Mass where he belongs. But Yeah. But like like you said, like even those numbers that you just spewed off for that guy, Petra, Petra, what is it? Petroselli? Keith Petrozelli. Petrozelli. Omar's numbers are better. He's he's 
got a 2.05 right now. Goals against average. Oh. That's absurd. Oh, and he's man. got a 9.32 save percentage. That's insane. That is unbelievable. 9-1-0. Like, I mean, yeah. that's goalie dominance, too. Yeah, do- like dominance. I, I would that's say crazy. it's probably right now if you had to if you had to pick um you know Vesna leading candidates, it's probably him and Carter Hart right now. I would, are the I, would two guys. I would certainly think so. I mean, especially too with with Swayman being out. Do we have an update by the way on Swayman and what's going on with him? A timetable? I mean, the fact that he's just standing up on his own immediately after the game. I, uh, there hasn't really been an update other than just week to week, but yeah, I would say it's probably nothing more than, you know, like a strain on, on his, yeah. on, somewhere in his leg. And I mean, listen, there's, you never want a player to get hurt. There's never no. a good time for a player to get hurt. But if, if you, if that was a thing, I mean, right now you can afford to have Swayman out. If Omar right. going to play like this, I mean, my goodness. I thought that St. Louis was going to be the game that we saw Kincaid play, but he obviously did, didn't play the other night. So when do you think we're going to see Kincaid? Well, I know that the Bruins have a back-to-back coming up, and it is November 26th. 12th and November 13th. November 12th, they play the Sabres, and then November 13th, they play the Canucks. I would say... Kincaid shows up in either the Sabre game or the Canuck game. Probably the Canuck game. Good. I want to see him play. Yeah. And the thing is, too, like, Kincaid's not a bad goalie. Like, it seems like the Bruins are ripe with goalie prospects now, especially after that trade for DiPietro from, yeah. from Vancouver. I mean, they, you know, it. it's never good when an NHL caliber goalie goes down because you usually only have one, sometimes two in their system if you have a good backup. And the Bruins are in a position now where, you know, Swayman's down and like, you know, I don't, I don't know what Kincaid's going to be in, in the NHL as a backup. We've certainly seen AHL goalies come up before and just crap down their legs, but um, you know, we'll see how he plays. And it's promising when you look behind Swayman, you know, Swayman's your goalie of the future. The guy's 24. I mean, he's already, he's one of the, one of the uh, candidates last year for the Calder. People thought he could have took home, uh, you know, the rookie of the year award. And, and you're looking behind him and you got a couple good goalie prospects there too. Um, and it makes you excited too, because I mean, te- everybody needs a goalie. Teams need goalies. I mean, they could move one of these guys. I will say too, another goalie that we have in the system, he's in Providence as well right now, is Kyle Kaiser. Listen, listen to these numbers right here. Talk about goaltending depth that the Bru- just all around depth that the Bruins have right now. Kyle Kaiser has started in six games. Um, he's four zero and one. That doesn't. Out of the six, so I'm not sure how that is, but <laughs> maybe he um, came in relief. Pro- that's probably what it was. Um, his goals against right now, sub two. He's got a 1.87, and he's got a save percentage of 0.931. I mean, wow. how old is he? Kyle Kaiser is 23 years old. Wow. Yeah. Th- I mean, that actually makes me a little excited. I, you yeah. know, I wonder. I wonder. Um. Then if that's the case, why do they why do they trade for DiPietro? I don't know. That maybe to, maybe they, like a like I'm I'm just speculating here. I, I have nothing, but maybe as as a piece of the deadline, maybe teams are looking for an extra goalie or a maybe. goalie for their system. Like you I mean, got, you, you can't, got three guys you can move. It's not like you know. It's not like the uh, um, 
you know, professional baseball where you have like a thousand minor league teams, you can just stash these guys. I mean, you got one NHL team. I guess you can loan them out to other teams if you want, but you know, you got to think that they're going to move one of these guys at the deadline or something because you can't you can't have three three quality prospect goalies playing for one team. There's just not enough pucks to stop. So right. one of them is going to yeah. get moved. <laughs> that was a really good analogy, by the way. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's everything is so good. The depth we have offensively, defensively, goaltending wise is good. And when I had even mentioned months ago when I was on um, as a guest on the um, Black and Gold Hockey podcast when we had just signed Kincaid as a free agent, uh, he, he'd spent like Kincaid is an NHL player. He's spent time in the NHL before with the Rangers and other teams, and he's he's fine. Like he's not a liability out there. And me, Kevin O'Keefe and Mark Allred all mentioned that, you know, bringing Keith Kincaid in here was really a move that um, would be utilized in a break glass in case of emergency situation, which this is right now. Swayman's hurt. So it's, you don't have to scramble to find that extra goal. You have this guy in your system for this exact reason who has NHL experience and understands what it's like to play in an um, NHL environment. So they, they, they plan this out very well, just in case. Yeah, it's definitely it's it's a great situation to be in. And um, I guess I want to ask, what was your takeaways from the games this week? These last three games here? Well, I will say let's let's do the Blues game really quick before we do that. Blues game. That was last night, if I'm not mistaken. Two nights ago, it was listening to this on Wednesday. Um, Bruins got the win three to one over the St. Louis Blues, who are a absolute dumpster fire they right suck. now that, seven that losses in a row seven in a row um Allmark had 26 saves on 27 shots and no surprise there um goal scoring from three different players Jake DeBrus got it started um Bergeron got that second goal giving the Bruins the lead and then Trent Frederick with a nice little sneaky wrist shot from like on top of the circles just sneaks by Bennington um so yeah bees get the win three to one in that um Improved to 11-2-0 on the season. And um, it, it seems like, you know, all the um, chemistry in the locker room, it, it it probably never left the locker room, but that distraction might be over now. I think, and I never thought it was going to be too big of a hindrance on the team. Obviously, right away, it, it was going to be, but you got the leaders in that room, Bergeron, Krejci, Lindholm even, um, you know, leading the team past all of this nonsense that the front office just threw you in. Yeah. And, and it's, I don't know. I, that's, I feel like that's why it was so frustrating because it honestly, like it breaks your heart to watch Bergeron of all people, Patrice Bergeron have to sit down with the media. He did a full sit down interview with the media and he has to address this stupid shit that is like none of his doing. I mean, the reports were that they went to the Bruins locker room to ask them if they felt comfortable with the Bruins signing this guy, who we're now learning the Bruins have been talking to since the summer. The team said, no, we don't want him in our locker room. Bergeron's been very vocal about saying he is not welcome in this locker room. And Sweeney goes, ah, let's sign him anyways. And on top of that, you're, you're 10 and one, right? And as much as we talk about the Boston media, how toxic it is to players, to teams, to organizations alike. Toronto 
is the hub. There is no hockey city in the world like Toronto. They are so toxic. They are so ruthless. They have their reporters are dogs. They'll go after anything, and it's great reporting. And they'll 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 dig anything out of a out of a team, any any situation up there. They're good at reporting it. But you're throwing your team to the wolves to have this come out like like the two days before you go up to Toronto. You're gonna sign this guy. And yeah. we saw what happened when the when the Bruins go up to Toronto. Not only do they lay a stinker, not only do they not show up. They had 21 shots that game, which is far below their season average of about 35. The whole team is being pulled left and right before the game, after the game, during the game. They have to answer these questions that the team thought was worthy to hand to sign this kid for three days. They owe him like a million dollars over the next if even if they if they buy the kids contract out, they owe him like over a million dollars the next four years. They're probably gonna go to court because uh they voided a kid's contract who that he signed. Um all of the blowback, this was a national hockey story. It was on national news that you signed this guy for nothing. Absolutely nothing. And you think about long-term ramifications too. You have Bergeron and Krejci who are facing retirement at the end of this year. You have David Posternock, who's a pending free agent. Do you think that this could impact him not wanting to sign here? He already seems like he isn't you know, too close with Don Sweeney. At least that's where it's been reported that he isn't too fond of him. I mean, like, what are you doing for something that you didn't even have to do? It was, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it's it's not like the it's not like the Providence Bruins are are like hurting for a right shot defenseman. Like, yeah, there was there was just there was just there was no reason to to, to do this. You just brought yeah. on a shitstorm for nothing, literally for yeah. nothing. And it, it's even more frustrating when I don't know if you heard Cam Neely's press conference. Yeah, yesterday. before before Channel Four cut it off three minutes into it. Yeah, and I I tweeted about it yesterday, but Cam Neely and Sweeney, Don Sweeney, have been saying, like, you know, this was a breakdown in the process. Like, we need to go back and we need to reevaluate how something like this happened, how, like, how how this, this guy got signed, how he didn't see the – Google his name. Literally, type Mitchell Miller into Google and, like, 400 articles come up telling you everything this kid has ever done since second grade go on wikipedia the second paragraph on his wikipedia page lists every allegation this kid has ever faced it's the, the process should have taken five minutes and you've been talking to this kid since the summer and you've done you know six months or, or not six months but we're in november now so what three and a half four months of research on this kid you decide to sign him and you're surprised at the blowback you got what is the reason? Look, Google his name. I don't understand. They there's like a million steps to take when signing a player like this. There's a thousand people to talk to. You check in with the league. If they sign the kid, the NHL and AHL commissioners com commissioners already said he's not playing in our league. So then, what are you doing? If you can't play, what are you signing him? They didn't do that. They didn't check in with the family. They didn't check in with anybody. And it's just like how like you didn't just drop the ball like you're carrying like a, a bucket of marbles and you just spilled them all over the ground like it doesn't make any sense. I I saw this and I was like, this is just oh, my God, it's just so Don Sweeney. We were I was just celebrating. I've been so critical. I'm we sorry. Were just, I don't mean to go on a rant. No, I've go. So critical of Don Sweeney. This is our 15th episode for 13 episodes. 
I've shit on this guy. I've told <laughs> you that he sucks, that they fired the wrong guy, that he has no idea what he's doing. Last episode, guess what I did last episode? I said I was wrong. And guess what happened a few days later? All of this bullshit. Like, oh my God, it's so frustrating. And then to have them sit there behind a microphone and to act like they don't know what happened. How did you miss this? You are the people in charge. Cam Neely, you're the president of the Boston Bruins. Don Sweeney, you're the general. Like, you two are the head honchos of this organization. So, like, to say, oh, we got to go back and check our vetting process. Oh, you know, we got to – how do we let this slip through our fingers? You sat down with the man and his agent, and you had a you you had a meeting, and you offered him a – I don't understand. Like, there's no blame to be deflected except for on yourself. It It was – it's so frustrating. And, like, you just know that they just wanted to sign this kid – and they just like push it to the side and be like, yeah, you know what? They'll be mad for a few days, but this is Boston. Something's going to happen. They'll start talking about something else and we'll all forget about it. And like, no, like that's like, oh my God. It was like the, it's just the, the most gross negligence I've ever seen. I don't think I've ever seen somebody so horribly incorrect about the perception of quite anything in their life other than Don Sweeney and Cam Neely when they decided to sign this kid. I, it's unbelievable. Dude, not only that, right? But to then say during the press conference that you cut him due to new information. We're in the information age. There, You can't just sit there and lie straight to our face and expect us all to believe it. Like, like it's too easy. Like you said, go on Google. This this has been up there for years. It's it's nothing new. The new information they probably got is that he's not allowed to play in the NHL. That's probably the new information that they got. Yeah, and and it's like like I want to emphasize like this is the Boston Bruins. As much as I hate it, like they are so bad. Like they are so slimy with their shit. They fired Claude Julian during a championship parade. I believe yep. it was when the Red Sox won the World Series. They fired the Claude, Patriots, but the, it doesn't, it doesn't either matter. way, there's so many freaking yeah. champions in the city. Yeah, we, they we all get track. mixed up. When yeah. the Patriots won the World Series, oh my God! When the Patriots won the Super Bowl, they fired Claude Julian in the middle of the parade. They've they've fired. They've put out press announcements of of cutting players or firing people at three o'clock in the morning on a Friday, or they bury it in like late late Sunday night news. Like this is what they do. And they tried to sneak this past us. I don't know if you saw the tweet that the Bruins put out. Are every, you gonna what? Uh, we're, no, no, you keep going. You keep going. I was gonna say every single time the Bruins sign a guy, there's a huge graphic. There's all yep. this information. There's yep. this big celebration. We just signed this person. Their tweet when they signed the Bruins, when they signed Mitchell Miller, was like, "Boston Bruins agree a contract with Mitchell Miller." The, the the picture, the thumbnail was a picture of the Bruins center ice. It was a yep. link to an article on the Bruins website that just said the Bruins have signed uh, USHL uh, reigning player of the year, Mitchell Miller. Um, it had a little like a quick little blurb about like his allegations, like it was no big freaking deal. And then that was the end of it. And like, holy ratio, there was like twenty five hundred quote tweet. There was like six thousand replies. Like people were going crazy. And I I know that 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 poor myself, I work in communications. I work in like digital and the social media world. And I know that poor person, that poor social media coordinator for the Boston Bruins who had to tweet that article out, probably clicked it and went, well, damn, we're going to have damage control to do in the morning. And it, it was just like they knew that it was slimy. 
They knew that they shouldn't sign this kid. You can tell by the way that that Sweeney and Cam Newley talked about the kid. You can tell by the way that uh, the Bruins' lack of wanting to be speak about it. They were very close, closed lip when they were in terms of like interviews when they were asked about it. You could tell by the tweet when they signed the kid that maybe we shouldn't be doing this. It was just like Google the kid's name. Yeah. The three and a half months that they claim to have been doing research on this kid, digging into his character. Google his name, read the first two articles, maybe click on his Wikipedia page, and you'll have all the information there as to why maybe you shouldn't have this kid play for the Boston Bruins. If you let him play, like, it's just, I couldn't believe it. I think, I think honestly, the way that they were thinking, right? And Don Sweeney and Cam Neely is that over the, the, what's the, what is the biggest knock on Don Sweeney as a GM? Biggest Drafting. knock. Boom. So, and what's our prospect pool ranking? 32nd. Out of how many? 32. There we go. So, I think his thought process was that, shit, no one else is going to sign this kid. This kid, hockey and personal life aside, if you just look at him as a hockey player, he's a good hockey player. So, I think that's how he was looking at it. And he was saying, okay, here's a kid who's pretty good at defense playing hockey whatever might be a scumbag but he's going to help boost up our prospect pool it's going to help us in the future not thinking about the ramifications of literally morality and it's it's like you can't sneak that by people you you just can't yeah and and it's it's i'll say it again it's totally 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 unfair that this team these players that are off to a historic start and luckily they don't have to talk about it anymore because the kid's gone but the fact that they had to spend their weekend trying to defend the actions of these two meatheads running the organization signing a kid like this is absolutely insane to me and like to, to to talk about the stuff that this kid has been accused of doing like the city of boston it's no secret they've had a very very bad rap for racism in that city and it's, it's we're not we're not just talking about like in the Bill Russell days. Like this is stuff that's fairly recent. Like the Adam Jones stuff at Fenway when he was being yeah. called racist slurs. It's yeah. happened at Celtics games. And like the Bruins have been one of these teams who have been able to 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 stay clear of these allegations. They have they recently they've had a, they've had a good history in terms of the community in terms of giving back. You you mentioned it before. Every in the the short that you put out the other day, what they do for. Um, uh, when they go to the children's hospital and they work with kids with disabilities, obviously the, the, um, honoring Willie O'Ree was a great gesture as well. And to just sign a kid who is incredibly racist, the stuff that he was saying, to sign a kid who is bullying and belittling a, a disabled person who you, the Bruins, like that is like, it's just, I, I can't believe it. Like, it's just, it was like so like uncharacteristic of this Bruins organization of would, the climate of the culture of everything that people that came up like Ray Bork. We can start with Bork. You can go far, as far back as Bobby Orr to Chara to when Joe Thornton was here for the couple of years, he was wearing the seat to Bergeron to Krejci, like the people who have come through this locker room, the Bruins are never linked to any controversy ever. Like their players are such good leaders and to now have this shit happen on your watch, and it's not like like you know you drafted a kid and he turned into a bad egg. 
Like you drafted a kid right. who was drafted, who then had his draft rights rescinded because of how much of a dirtbag he was, who's been trying to scrape and claw back into the league, who every team was saying, hell no, we don't want this kid. And then the Bruins had to say, well, we do. It's like, why? Like it, yeah. it made no sense. And even like, I understand, you know, lack of depth. Um, Cause they got lack of depth, prospect depth, I will say everywhere, but you don't have a need for defensemen on your NHL roster right now. Right. You know, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It just, it, it didn't, it, it felt like, like you said, kind of making a move to make a move and yeah. like, boy, did they pick the wrong player to do that with? Yeah. It, it's, it's absurd, but you know, they did cut ties. So hopefully that's the end of this whole shenanigan that happened. Terrible, 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 ugly stain on especially the front office like then we we literally were just praising them like oh they're yeah. starting to turn it yeah. around like they're doing so and, well and then boom and, and the most frustrating part is you know you keep saying ugly stain because this is a it's a horrible stain this is a stain that lasted for three days they yeah. signed him on fr- on on like thursday night and he was he was cut by sunday night and people are that, still talking a, about it it's a stain that lasted three or that yeah, that lasted three days, but it's in the long run, it's what people are going to remember. It's you know? unbelievable. And even financially, like I know uh, Ty Anderson was saying that based off judging, you know, based off of what Cam Neely was saying in his interview, that he inferred that he probably couldn't reveal as much information as he wanted to because he's getting the gist that this is going to go to court. And unfortunately for the Bruins, it probably will because they signed a guy to a contract there's the Bruins had the information. There's moral clauses in the contract. And in those three days that he was a member of the Bruins organization, he didn't violate his contract. The Bruins cut him and they're going to be on the hook now. And it was, if the Bruins buy him out, that's why I said it was like a million plus before they'd owe him. I think it was like right around $250,000 per year for the next four years that the Bruins would have to owe him if they buy him out. And if they go to court, which they very well might, this kid, he's probably going to be backed by, um, he could be back by the players' association. Like, who knows? Like, yeah, this he is, definitely it's a whole, will be. It's a whole can of worms that the Bruins just opened to have this guy in their organization for three days. It was just like, oh, it's just like I say, I can't believe it because like this is this is asinine. This is an SNL skit. Like, how did like how did this happen? Seriously, like you're off to a ten and one start. Everything's going right. Bergeron's back. Krejci's back. Like the Bruins have they they've haven't been. The the popularity of the Bruins right now, I feel, is is the highest it's been in some time. Yeah. And to just throw this bucket of crap in them, like <laughs> right in the locker room. It's like Sweeney went in there with a bucket of crap and just went and just hucked just, it on the ground. Like he, it's yeah. He, when he signed him, he literally took a bucket of crap, walked into the locker room and dumped it all over the B. Yeah. And then made and, and then and then made Bergeron, Krejci, and whoever else clean it up. Exactly. And then and then to then have your 10 and 1 team who you just did this to go to Toronto, the media shitstorm of the hockey world, lay a freaking stinker in Toronto, lose they're on a what a a seven game winning streak. They dropped the 10 and 2 big deal, but like that game against Toronto was you watching the game, it was a clearly different product from the Bruins than you've seen the previous 11 games of the year, how many games they've played. And the only outlying factor is that they had this massive rain cloud, this huge devastating storm over their head caused solely 
by their own organization's upper management. And I'm I'm not even gonna lie, that game heading into the game, I had zero excitement for the game. Like zero. I don't blame you. Yeah, I don't blame you. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure the it, the players go out and play. And and, but... and 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 that's and that's a game against Toronto. That's a game that everybody should be pumped for. Yeah, and they just exactly. ruined it. Exactly, and that's you know it's. At, you know, at the end of the day, the players go out and play. But like when you have right. these players being questioned before the game starts and you know you're going to face these questions after the game starts and you know they're probably talking about it in the locker room. And as as a locker room and as a leader, as Bergeron, who's been in that locker room wearing that spoke B for two decades, as Krejci, who just came back from overseas to come back and play for like his 17th year, whatever the hell it is. All of these players who've been in the Bruins Bruins locker room for decades, when you have Sweeney ask you if you should sign this guy, you guys collectively say no, and he does it anyways. I would be rip shit. Yeah. I would feel so disrespected by this organization, and I I fully understand when the Bruins went up there to Toronto, to Toronto, got only put up twenty shots and lost. I fully yeah. understand, and I fully put that blame on Bruins management. Yeah. But to get back to your original question, if if I took anything away from these, uh, from <laughs> that was these, quite the segue. <laughs> it was. But <laughs> if I took anything away from these past three games, it would probably be the ability of the Bruins special teams and how how good it is. Maybe not necessarily their power play; they still got some kinks to work out in their power play. But their penalty kill is absurd. Their PK right now is running at. 94 and a half percent success rate. That's insane. That, I think 94 I heard, and a half. I think I heard Jack Edwards say that they've only given up uh three power play goals all year. Yeah. We're in game, what is it, 12? They played thir 12, 13 games now. They've yep. given up three power play goals. That is un unfathomable. Dude. And it's funny too, because you think about you know the Bruins, they've always been among the elite in penalty kill percentage. Like yep. always. Like 10 years ago, 10 years before that. And you have to think, I mean, really the, the, the mainstay in that penalty kill unit is Patrice Bergeron. I mean, the play that yeah, he's been doing on the yeah. penalty kill, he's flopping all over the ice. He's, I mean, first of all, you start every penalty kill with a face-off win. So that's True. right off, right <laughs> off the bat. There's a clearing. And I mean, these guys that are just flopping all over the ice, blocking shots, getting, getting pucks out last or when they played St. Louis last night for us, but two nights ago, when you're, whenever you're listening to this, um, I remember that first, it might've been this, well, they had back-to-back -back uh, penalty kills when, uh, like the, the first period there, but one of those power plays for St. Louis, I remember Jack Edwards saying that, boy, the Bruins have had puck possession more than the blues have and the Bruins are on the penalty kill. I mean, it was like it was like they're playing with their food. It was like varsity against JV. It was insane. <laughs> they were just going out there and and doing that. But I mean, it's not St. Louis doesn't have a great power play, but still, to be able to dominate uh, possession like that when you're down a man is insane. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It, it's Bergeron and Marshawn both together on that PK is just not even. It's oh, just not good luck. There. Good luck. And to yeah, think that they, they're still getting Charlie McAvoy back. Yeah. I mean, oh, oh my God. God. Oh, forget oh forget about God, it. They got to set over. records, it's, dude. It's over. It's <laughs> yeah. over. I oh, mean, at man. this point, you got to start thinking the Bruins start taking. I mean, if it's a two on one, take the guy's legs out. Take the penalty. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Like, you know, just you're going to penalty. Yeah, you're going to kill it off anyways. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's no, literally. You but, know, one thing. One th oh, sorry. Are you still going? No, no, no. Go for it. Go for it. I was going to say one thing that I picked up 
was boy does Trent Frederick look good mm -hmm. huh oh my mm -hmm. god um thing is what I think is three points through the first four games here um in November and that's playing on the fourth line I mean he played great last uh two nights ago now whenever you're listening to this he scored a goal against I think it was against the Rangers um yep. and he's been on fire I mean, it's it, and and he's a guy too. He was a he's a fairly good prospect. I remember the expansion draft a few years ago. I don't remember if it was, I think it was Seattle. Yeah, I think it was Seattle. They wanted him, and luckily they didn't take him because he's doing a great job uh, for the Bruins right now. But um, you know, looking at his his career stats, I mean, this is kind of shaping up to be a career year for him. I mean, it's not like he has many oh, career yeah. stats anyways. But last year, sixty games, he had eight goals, ten assists, eighteen points. This year, through twelve. He has almost half the goals. He has three goals, two of which were scored within the last this week. Uh, he has two assists. He's got five points through 12 games. I mean, he's on pace for a, about a 40-point season, which is double what he had last year. So very, very encouraging play coming from Trent Frederick. And again, this is a guy who's playing on your fourth line. Yep. I mean, like we said, the depth that we've had, and even if they want to bump him out and put Lauco back in, I mean, they have plenty of options down there. It's very encouraging. Yeah. And that's what somebody um, on Twitter kind of pointed out too. They were saying it's not only Frederick; it's the whole bottom six. Like er every single one of those guys is just is just bought into the system, and they're playing their roles so perfectly, which I couldn't agree with more. Yeah, I mean, uh, even a guy we haven't talked about, Charlie Coyle, the guy who scored oh in like four, in four consecutive games. I mean, where the hell did this come from? Yeah, I mean, dude. he's looking insane. I mean, the the Bruins' depth up the middle right now. Is looking great. I mean, obviously Bergeron, Krejci. I mean, Charlie Coyle is giving you giving you big minutes, um, and he's giving you big production too out of that third line center spot. And he's kind of had a rotating door at his wings. He's played with a lot of different guys, and he's still producing. Dude, and he Charlie Coyle. I've said this for the longest time. When they moved him up to the second line center role, I was like, this isn't like this is just not his role. Like he's not a second line guy, but he is the perfect third line center. Perfect. Mm -hmm. He's he's big. He'll, he's physical. He can produce. Um, he can, like you just said, he can play with anybody on his wing. Like he's the perfect guy in that third line role to give you 14, 15, 16, maybe minutes a night and, and play in any situation. There's, you know, two minutes left up a goal. You see Charlie Coyle up there. That's your third line center. You're not worried. You're like, okay, Coyle can hold this down. Like any line out there, honestly, can hold it down. Yeah, and you know, you didn't even mention perhaps Sweeney's favorite part about him. He's from Weymouth, Mass. Yeah, he's, he's, a, a, he's a local guy. kid. He's yeah. a local kid. He belongs here. But, uh, but, no, very encouraging play from the Bruins, despite yeah, all of sure. the shit that's going on right now. Yeah, but, um, yeah, so we're probably about halfway through the episode right now, so I will um, remind everybody here that we are sponsored, sponsored by, by Cano Wellness. Cano Wellness. So it's time to talk about the amazing Cano Wellness Company. Cano Wellness offers you four distinct experiences for the different challenges you may face throughout the day. Can of sleep, can of mend, can of fresh, and can of boost. It's the trusted brand for sports, fitness, and wellness households. With over 50 vitamins, nutrients, and herbal extracts in four compact sprays, it's the most convenient way to get back on track with no pills, water, or messy powders. 90% of nutrients in these oral sprays are absorbed in less than 30 seconds. It's like an entire health food store in your pocket and is endorsed by Olympians, 
NHL players, and pro sports stars who rely on the Canada Wellness, Wellness Company to support high performance. Mel, let's talk about each product. Uh, let's do it. First up is Canna Boost. It gives you the ability to skip the coffee and sugary snacks and energize the healthy way. Use daily before you work out, when studying for an exam, and other times you need inc increased clarity, stamina, and concentration. Canna Men provides the after-party liver support and works fast to relieve hangovers in the morning after drinking. This unique oral spray supplement is blended with 11 vegan vitamins and herbal extracts to replenish your body to combat headaches, sickness, and lack of energy. Canna Fresh reduces stress and gives your body an immune system boost. Whenever you're nervous before a presentation or need to calm down after a hectic day, the 11 natural and vegan ingredients in Canna Fresh take the edge off without making you drowsy or unmotivated. Canna Sleep is an all-natural and vegan sleep aid, and it's convenient and fast-absorbing. No mixing beverages, no waiting for gummies to kick in, just spray, roll over, and snooze. Control your dosage on how much sleep you need. If you want to try these amazing Canna Wellness all-natural oral sprays, please go to cannawellness.com. That is C-A-N-I-Wellness.com. And use our promo code BNG25. That's BNG25 to get 25% off everything on the cannawellness.com website. Sully, back to you. <laughs> I think we should... Uh... We should jump into some DM questions. Oh, I was so hoping you'd say that. <laughs> yes, we got sir. some good ones. We got some good ones. Um, do you mind if I go first? Oh, go for it. All right. First up, this was a fantastic question sent to us today by friend of the show, MCDC. Hell yeah. Melinda underscore paints. What's up, Melinda? We all know what's been going on with this Powerball news, right? Who has it? Actually, mm. I think... I hate to say it, but I think they just announced the winner today. Can, wait, 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 wait. Before we can, can I say something really quick? Absolutely. The 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 amount of money that was won was 2.04 billion, right? You yeah. know how much you know how much they took home after taxes? 1.3 billion? 424 million. No way. Really? Screw job. Screw job. I mean, well, 424 million is still so much money. But you know, like, come on. Maybe this is just me, but I wish that they, I would prefer them to just market it that way instead of saying, yeah, I mean, it's still a ridiculous amount of money and you'd ever have to, like you and your go down your, like go down to the 15th person, in your family tree below you and they won't have to work either. I don't but, know if, if, if gas keeps being 380, that's true. That's, like two that's years. a good point. Um, but I would much rather them say that the prize is 400 and something million and you get every cent of it than saying the prize is 2.04 billion. And you get like a sixth of that. Yeah. But that might just be me. Anyways, <laughs> back to the question. Melinda asks, um, let's see. It was a bit of a long one. She said, winning the Powerball jackpot. Uh, once the machines get up and running again, uh, Jeremy Jacobs bought the NHL Bruins in 1975 for $10 million. Quite the investment, because today it's worth $1.4 billion with a B. <laughs> Um, Melinda's question is if she were to hit the Powerball, which unfortunately, Melinda, it sounds like you didn't because I believe the ticket was in LA <laughs> County, unless you're living out west. But if she hits the Powerball and she offers the Jacobs family 1.5 billion, which as we just explained, it would not be, it would only be 450 million. <laughs> um, do you think they would sell it to me? I'm gonna say no, I don't. Um, but 
on, on a separate note, boy, do I wish the Jacobs would sell the Bruins. Yeah. Oh my, I cannot stand them. Um, it, it, what? Here's a good question for you. By the way, I, I don't think they would sell it to me, but I would love to put up an offer. But if you did offer to buy it and they sold it to you, what would you change? Um, I would change the president and the general manager. That would be the first thing I do. <laughs> I would fire them. Um, ooh, that's a good question. I, I can would... tell you. Can I? Can I say what I would do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just immediately bring back the yellow seats. Immediately. Yeah. Immediately. I w- that's a good call. I would. Um, honestly, those beautiful white Pooh Bear jerseys, official third jersey. I yep. would do that. Ooh. Oh yeah, that's a good one. That's. I like your question. I'm trying to think what else I would do. You know, I would have Mark Wahlberg be the PA guy. No, I would have Dennis Leary be the PA guy. Ooh, that's a good one. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I, would, I would make sure that they never get rid of Zombie Nation as the goal song. I, I fear that day so much. I would I would retire Bergeron's jersey now. As I he's would give him, I would give him the honor. <laughs> um I I think those are the only immediate things. I still yeah. like I would maybe make a new parking garage. Okay. But that's, you know, <laughs> I would change the name to the, the Dunkin Donuts Center, you know? Uh, I think that's where Providence plays, but you can have No, they them. changed it. It's some oh, they some did? like corporate name now, yeah. Oh, that's I hate when they do that. Yeah, I think it's Amika. If I I could be so wrong about oh, that, but I have I'm pretty Amika. sure it's Amika. I have Amika. Oh, there you um, go. All right, you're halfway you know, behind the team. Maybe not the Bruins, but the Ottawa Senators are currently up for sale. Maybe we can join in on Ryan Reynolds and his bids by the Senators. He did say he's looking for partners. So, Ryan he Reynolds, did. if you're listening, we're open. I got uh, I got about $6 <laughs> in my wallet. I can Venmo you the rest. Uh, yeah. We'll see We'll see where that takes us. I'll give uh, you that an was... IOU. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good question, Melinda. Thank you for that. Yeah. So, we did also get one from... Uh, other friend of the show, Zach Taranko. You can follow him on Twitter at Zach, Z-A-C-H underscore Taranko, T-A-R-A-N-K-O. And Zach sent in a great question. And it's something that I actually like really wanted to touch on even without the um, DM. So it was perfect that he sent it in. Um, he said, do you, what do you think about Hampus Lindholm this season? Does his production so far prove to you he's a star defenseman? And do you think his scoring slash offensive production will go down when McAvoy comes back? Um, do I think he's a star defenseman? Absolutely. Oh, I yeah. think he I think he already was before this season. Um, I would say that he's, if anything, he's moving up into the upper echelon he's not a no i don't i still don't think he's a norris caliber defenseman really i i i don't i, I mean I do. so far this year i would say he is but like i don't put him up there with adam fox I, he's not better than charlie mcavoy he's never gonna win norris anyways as long as kel mccarr is still playing but like he's not a victor headman like there's still a long not a long list but there's still a handful of players i would comfortably put him over um i think I think in terms of like defensive power rankings, I probably would have put him 
maybe in the early 20s last year. I think this year, I think he's getting right around 15. I think he's so between you, 15 and 10 right now for me. So you would put him in like that B tier of defenseman like before the season started? <sighs> well, okay. If there was an S tier of defenseman, there's only one person is Kale McCarr. If there was an A tier, I would put like, I don't know, one through seven. And I would put, like, I would have McAvoy at like, uh, I hate to say it. I would have McAvoy like the bottom of A tier. No, that's fair. I would have Hampus Lindholm like at the at like B plus tier, but there's a couple names ahead of him. Yeah, no, that's a hundred percent fair. Like I would put Hampus Lindholm. I would right now. I would comfortably say he's probably between ten and fifteen in the league, and I think he's a little closer to fifteen than ten. So, do you think his offensive production goes down when McAvoy comes back? Not at all. No, I okay. think it goes up. Yeah. If anything. Yeah. Uh, the way that the way that I think Montgomery's defensive system is, doesn't matter who's out there. Everybody's wheeling and dealing, baby. I mean, we've seen Connor Clifton jump into plays and rip some shots off of posts. We've seen some unbelievable production out of defensemen who have looked like skeletons back there in, the, in years prior. I'm talking to you, Mike Riley. Um, <laughs> Hampus Lindholm, if he has another competent defenseman out there, not that none of these defensemen are. I mean, they're all they're all talented players. But if if um, you know, well, actually, hang on. Before I answer this question for you, do you think the pairing is Lindholm and McAvoy? Do you think they split them up? Mm, I would rather see them split them up. That's what I was gonna say. I would like to see McAvoy yeah. and Carlo, and then I would like to really? see really. I would. I just because of the the height and the size difference. Personally, I don't want your two your two biggest guys playing together because you're not dropping Carlo to the third pairing. You know, I I like I would like uh, but, I would like Grizzlick. I would like. Uh, ooh, this is a good conversation. I would yeah. like Grizzlick playing with Hampus Lindholm on the second pairing, and I would like Carlo and McAvoy on your top pairing, and then your third pairing. I would like to have, because of how f- phenomenal they've been playing, Connor Clifton and Derek Forbert. And you've yeah. you've kind of got a bopper or a big guy on each line paired with a mobile guy, although McAvoy is the best of both worlds. But I think that is your most balanced defensive unit you're going to get see now here's what i would do i just jotted it down <laughs> i would go mcavoy and grizzly and then i would go lindholm and carlo and then you like you said you can't break up clifton and forward those two together are like peanut butter and jelly they're perfect. they really are <laughs> they're unbelievable they're like uh cornbread and chili yeah <laughs> like, um, like, no, like water that's... and ice <laughs> 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 no, it's some unbelievable depth that they have at 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 defense. But if um, I really don't think it matters who Lindholm is playing with. I think that this is, I think this is closer to who he is than who he's not. Like he's oh, yeah. playing out of his mind right now. He had a four point nine the other night. Um, but like he's an extremely talented player in a in a system that is tailor made for defensemen who play like him. And I think that you're just seeing the product of that. I think he's feasting. And I think it doesn't matter if he's playing with McAvoy, if he's bumped to the second line because McAvoy's in the top unit. I think you're going to get the same production out of him. Yeah. I mean, I right now, I mean, Lindholm's got 13 points in 13 games. Um, his, his season high in his career for points came in his second year in the NHL. He had 34 points. And I think on a shitty ducks team too, on a a crappy, on a crappy ducks team. And, um, I think getting him over from Anaheim, uh, 
probably boosted his his um you know his his like willingness his production. to compete oh. and produce and um he's just he's become a different player in Boston and I think this is what everybody expected him to be coming into the NHL anyways but now he's in a competent system with competent players around him with a fan base that's just energized to the max right now and I think he's I think he if if this was a game of like NHL 23 his morale is at like 100 like oh yeah he boosted all the way up like he's yeah. rolling and not just that too but like um I mean that that Anaheim team was was just like just shit. I mean just piss poor. And like the worst part about that team was their defensive unit. They sucked. He was the only good defenseman on a shitty defensive unit and his defensive partner the year that the Bruins traded for him was literally the worst defenseman in the league. I don't remember his name. It? I don't remember his name. He was the young kid. He was only like 18. He's a really good defensive prospect, but that's what happens when you're like 18 and you're like 140 pounds soaking wet. Like he, he was not good. <laughs> and that's going to bother me. I don't remember his name, but um, no, he was not good. And that was Hampus Lindholm's defensive partner. And like now he's, he's part of a team that has a great coach in place for his style of play. He doesn't have to log 40 minutes a night because they got plenty of defensemen who can go out and, and do what they do. He's got a great forward unit for his incredibly long stretch passes that he does so effortlessly. Like he's, this is like, this is the perfect system for him to feast. And we saw him when he came over here last year, how well he played in the, in the, since they uh, post trade deadline. And like this year, like this is who he is 13 points in 13 games. He's not going to give you 82 points. But like, this is uh, he. This is closer to who he is, in my opinion, than the player that we saw in Anaheim, who was still a great player. But you just said his career high was what thirty-two points, and he's 34. got thir- thirty-four points. He's got thirteen and thirteen this year. I mean, it's just it's tailor-made for him. And while we're on the topic of defensemen, I would be remiss if I didn't mention what Eric Carlson is doing in San Jose. Oh my! Oh my God! God. Is he I back heard- or is he back? I heard this stat today on Spitting Chicklets. Uh, RA rattled it off. It's in our little RA stat. It's he's the first defenseman to reach ten goals in this amount of time since World War II. <laughs> <laughs> who who was the defenseman? I don't know. He didn't. Crazy. He didn't mention it. And Eric Eric Carlson is. I'm. I'm. You can see me craning my neck trying to read my screen with this freaking this freaking bullshit on my head right now. Um. Eric Carlson is a guy who was – he was the cream of the crop. He was the best defenseman in hockey for a good stretch of years there. Um, and then, of course, there was the the Achilles injury. There My was um, the personal tragedy, which took a big toll on him. I know I, he lost one of his children. And you could see it took a huge effect on the guy um, mentally, physically. You know, he, he – you could you could understand why he he's his focus was on different things in hockey at the time. and um, I am so happy for Eric Carlson because he's truly a great guy. Um, and just a little insight into what he's doing in San Jose. He scored a natural hat trick the other day. Um, first hat trick of his career. He was leading the San Jose Sharks in goals uh, at the time. He, 14 games this year, he has 10 goals and nine assists, 19 points in 14 games. For like that, like that, it's ooh, like. That's insane numbers. And Eric Carlson, his career high is, is 21 goals. He has almost half of that through the team's first 14 games. Uh, his career high here is 82 points. 
Um, he's on pace to absolutely dismantle that. And for the first time in four years, he has a positive plus minus. I, I think things are starting to turn around for him, and I'm happy for it. And by the way, this is on a terrible San Jose. Oh, Sharks they are team. ass. Yeah. Dude, he he I heard this other stat too. Same thing. RA. Um spitting chiclets. He he rattled off his stat. Sponsor us. Spon- yeah. <laughs> Thank Whitney. Um <laughs> he rattled it off. I think I think he said the Sharks have 34 total goals this season, and Carlson has been on the ice for 24 of them or it was 32 goals and 24 something like that he's he's unbelievable and he's like he's i remember we talked about it a few episodes ago there i mean everybody in the nhl is supremely talented they're all supremely athletic but like it's like i'm trying to equate it to other sports but you really can't like in in the nhl like there's some players who are just so much better skaters than everybody else. And it's so it's much. it's insane because hockey, the whole sport, is predicated on if you can skate or not. And not just if you can or can't, but how good are you? Like all of these guys in the NHL have had skates on their feet since they were they were in the cradle. Like these they've they're all amazing skaters. So the fact that you can have a handful of skaters who are so much better than everybody else. I'm talking Kale McCarr, I'm talking Connor McDavid. And before that, Eric Carlson was one of the most seamless skaters I have ever seen. I mean, he was doing stuff, you know, if you're a hockey head, I mean, you you know, the long line of historic skating defensemen, but if you're young, if you're new to the game, I mean, you watch Kale McCarr do like, this is stuff that Eric Carlson was doing back in Ottawa. I mean, he was skating laps around guys. zone. You're on the penalty kill. They would give the puck to Carlson. He's just going to do his thing. And to see him go to San Jose and obviously he struggled there and to see him, what he's doing now, like I am so happy for the guy. Because like he he deserves his flowers, and I really hope that he's back because the game missed Eric Carlson. And yeah, also, he, sure. he's the only one in San Jose, like you said. Uh, Brent Burns is gone. He's in Carolina, isn't he? Yeah. So yeah, he's gone. Only, I mean, they have um, you know very limited. Uh, I'll say forward depth, but yeah. their defense depth is. I mean, you want to compare it to those shitty Anaheim teams we were just talking about. Like, it's not a good team. So, you know, 10 wow. goals, nine assists, 19 points in 14 games from a defenseman out of the world. I'm happy for dude. Him. The whole Western conference just as a whole stinks right now. Oh yeah, dude. It's a dump. It's a dumpster fire out there. Like and it's which, actually which is, terrible, which is insane because the East is absolutely loaded. Yeah. I mean, the Atlantic division alone. I mean, what there's eight teams here. I think every, every team except for Montreal, I could see making playoffs. Yeah. Like they are, we are. I say we like I'm in the NHL. The Atlantic Division is absolutely loaded. And that's just the Atlantic. Like the Metropolitan, they've got some teams out there too. That's Metropolitan has always been the division to beat. You know, they've always mm-hmm. had the Penguins, the Rangers. The Devils are good this year. What the hell is going Devils on with that? The Devils are nasty. Yeah. The Penguins are good. I mean, they've always been the Blue Jackets are good now. They've always been that's been no, the conference to beat. They stink. They the, the, but, the, but the Blue Jackets, okay, but that's because Elvis sucks. He's been yeah, playing like fair. horse shit. But they, they have, have some. They, yeah, they have some good players. Um, yeah, Line, Gaudreau. Yeah, um, two guys right off the bat, right there. Which I was, I was gonna pick up Elvis in our fantasy league, by the way. The you know, fantasy league that you're zero and four in, and <laughs> <laughs> and um, boy, I noticed Elvis's stats. He sucks. He has not been yeah. good this year. Um, which you got to think is a large part of why they are towards the bottom of the standings. But no, you're right. I mean, the East. East, baby. East is beast. There's nobody like us. 
The East. Did you see the, it? Or the East. The Beasts of the East. Wake? The Beasts of the East. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you kind of look like Andre the Giant when you did I, that. I, <laughs> I do a little bit. Okay, okay. I want to get into some more questions because we had another one, another two questions, two great questions, by the way, from, I'll give him his flowers, from the reigning DM winner of the month, mm-hmm. Ethan yeah. Moriarty, at E Moriarty WX. The man. You guys, l- listen, if you're listening, your name isn't Ethan. You got to pick these questions up because Ethan is he's starting to put some distance between the rest of the pack in terms of these questions. I'll ask you the first one here. If you were a top NHL draft prospect, which three teams would you want to be drafted by? Ooh. In, in Ethan's words, which have likely the best future? So hang on before you answer. I thought there's two ways we could answer this. First, I want to hear in terms of best future, what team you want to be drafted by. And then I'm going to go look at who the projected top three picks are, and and then I'll have you give me one of those two, one of those three teams. Hmm. So I'm picking one with the best future. Yeah, if you were a rookie, who would you like to be drafted by in the NHL? With the best future, honestly, Edmonton is probably one. I want to play with McDavid and, and Drysaddle. That would be pretty cool. We, mm, but then you got to live in Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> That's that. Oh, no thanks. Ooh, the Rangers. The Rangers would be a good one. Yeah, but that's Zabanjad, Fox. Yeah, but that Stanley Cup, though. I mean, they haven't won it yet. Yeah, but hey, one day. Yeah, and that's then, fair. oh, honestly, the Buffalo Sabres. All they need is a goalie. All yeah, they need is a goalie. But they got, they got, you're in Buffalo. Ooh, maybe Detroit. Uh, it's cold all the time. You get a ton of snow. Again, you're in Buffalo. <laughs> their jerseys suck. Except their new, black, their, new, their new black ones. Are, it is. It's pretty bad. It is. Uh, <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'm not a fan of Buffalo. Um, ooh, let's see. For myself, if I could get drafted by one team, I would take the Carolina Hurricanes. Really? Yep. They've they've got some good young players. They're a they're a playoff caliber team. Eastern Conference Finals last year. Am I mistaken? Were they not in the Eastern Conference Finals? No, they were. They were. Okay. Um also it's a beautiful place to live. They were at least in the Eastern Conference Finals within the last three years. I know that for a fact. I thought they might have been in it last year. I know that they lost to the Bruins in the ECF in twenty nineteen. No, it was the no. I'm sorry. They were in the quarterfinal or the semifinals because the 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 Eastern Conference Finals was it wasn't it Tampa and uh, the Rangers. Yeah, you're right. Either way, either way, <laughs> either way, either way. My pick would be the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, I like if that. if we were to pick one of the three teams with who have the the, the three best odds of getting the number one overall pick. First, I want to ask: Do you know who they are? As with the standings as they are right now, yes, probably San Jose, um, Columbus, and uh, oh, it has to be St. Louis, right? Yeah, yeah, you got yeah. it. Those are the three. So out of those three, Columbus, St. Louis, and San Jose, who would you like to be drafted by? I feel like playing in San Jose is just like kind of like not fun. Really, I San- feel like the exact opposite. 
Really? I mean, I've... when they're when they have a good team, like the Shark Tank is buzzing. But yeah, and you're in California, and they have some of the some of the best jerseys in all of hockey. I might go St. Louis. Mm, Missouri, though. Hell yeah, <laughs> the Mississippi you know, you don't River, have, baby. It's, it's either it's either Missouri, Ohio, or California. Boy, are those. Boy, does that make it hard? I'll say mm. I'll say um, if I was like a superstar prospect, like I'm, I'm Connor Bedard, I'm Connor McDavid. I want to get drafted by San Jose because I want to be part of of building a winning culture, of uh, it's a nice place to live, um, and you have the whole team to yourself, pretty much, because they suck true if and i they do picked, have nice jerseys they do they have do. good jerseys they do if i were to pick one of those three teams though like ideally i would probably take columbus just because i think that whoa, the- whoa, whoa. you can't go through that whole <laughs> spiel of how cool san jose is and then pick a team no, from ohio no, 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 no. i'm just thinking <laughs> i know i'm just thinking like realistically like you know myself as a player right if i was a forward yeah. if i was a defenseman um I think I would fit best with Columbus because I think that they have, even though they suck right now, I think that they have the best players of the three. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like that's the best team to be on. I just feel like they're the best of the worst. Okay, like I can't. Fair. Like I truly like they're three and nine. I they're not a three and nine team. Like they're, they're really not a three. They're and nine better team. than that. Like like on paper. For, let's see. Uh, who do you th- do you think? Oh my God, Vegas is eleven and two. Holy shit! Yeah. I was gonna say, who do you think is a more talented roster, Vegas or or Columbus? Well, Vegas has Logan Thompson. Logan Thompson is playing his ass off right now. Well, Vegas also has Bruce Cassidy. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. I don't even. I don't even know. Which is actually like hilarious, to be honest with you. That the the Bruins and Vegas are the top two teams in the could NHL. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if they meet in the cup? Ooh. The storylines around that heads oh my would God. spin. Um, I just wanted to go look at at the Golden Knights roster to see who's who's doing what, how they're doing so well. Oh, okay. Eichel's, Eichel. Eichel's a point per game player. Riley Smith, Chandler Stevenson, and William Carlson, and Mark Stone, and Alex Petrangelo, and Jonathan Marshall. So all have ten points. Yeah, they got. Oh, so they're just extremely deep. I kind of crapped on them earlier in the season too, saying they were going to be trash. I could not have been any. No, more I did wrong. too. I mean, I thought yeah. they were. Um, After missing playoffs last year, and then Leonard out, I was like, "Oh, they're screwed." Yeah, how's their how's their goalie play been? Unreal. Thompson is so good. He could he could win the rookie of the year. He could win Can't the call. Find goalie stats on here. Oh, here it is. Um, Logan Thompson is six and two. Oh heavens! Six <laughs> and two. If you're watching with... the YouTube, you just saw Mel's mouth drop to the floor. No, dude, both of them. Okay, Logan Thompson, six and. Th- First of all, we've been talking about the play of Swayman and uh, Olmark out here. Holy shit, they might be getting beat by these couple of fellows out there in Vegas. <laughs> They're Lo- going nuts. Logan Thomas, six and two, two point oh one goals against average, nine thirty four save percentage. What's Hallmark's wow, Hallmark's uh, Aiden Hill, Aiden Hill, their other goalie, five and zero, oh, two point one seven goals against average, nine twenty five save percentage. <laughs> that's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean yeah, they got a good team. I don't. I mean that's not sustainable. We'll have to see what they can do. But wow, definitely off to a good start. Boy, two teams. I don't think anybody expected to be at the top of the rankings. Come you know, 
early November. Bruins and Golden Knights. How about Dallas too? Dallas is playing pretty well. What are they doing? What's their record? Oh yeah, Sagan's been playing well, hasn't he? I'm pretty sure he's been kind of having a bounce back year. Yeah, good for him. He's got um, he's got. Yeah, he's got 10 points in thir- in 12 games, three goals, seven assists. Jason Jason Robertson. This yeah, he's nice. Even, dude, he didn't even like play in training camp. He wasn't signed. Comes in, plays a couple preseason games. He's got 18 points in 12 games right now, playing 16 w- minutes a night. Why wasn't he signed? I'm honestly not sure. He's like an 87 in NHL 23. <laughs> yeah, he's nasty. Same Jake Ottinger. You, let me Jake Ottinger right now, um, seven games played. He's let up nine goals. He's five and one goals against average of 140 and a save percentage of 952. Oh, my God. That's it's almost like, a, boy, could you imagine if the Bruins pass on him in a draft? Yeah, like imagine. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> they totally did. <laughs> um, okay. Who's your biggest surprise right now? Um. At the bottom of the league. Um, let me pull up the standings. Because I, I have mine. You go first, then, while I, while I pull them up. The Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm. Four, six, and two. Um, Jari, 338 goals against, 903 save percentage. Um, you know, outside of the top three, Gensel, Malkin, and Crosby. Brian Rust has eight points in 12 games. Jason Zucker has eight points in 10 games. Latang has seven assists in 11 games, zero goals. Um, and then outside of that, really, nobody's producing. I, I, this might be the year that they really take a step back, and I didn't expect them to be the team to do it. Yeah. You know who's right up there is Ottawa, too. I didn't realize they were having that shitty of a start either. They are one win away from having the worst record in the league. Yeah. And this was a team that you and I were saying we think is the most likely to get that wild card spot. Or the biggest <laughs> yeah. threat to the Bruins. Holy shit. Although it is interesting enough to look at Ottawa. Um, Columbus, worst record in the league. Negative 25 goal differential. St. <laughs> Louis, second worst record in the league. Negative 16 goal differential. Ottawa is right there with the third worst record in the league. Their goal differential is zero. The team above them is San Jose, negative 13. Above them is Anaheim, negative 22. In fact, they're the only team with a sub-negative category ranked 20 or lower. It's just something to think about, something to ponder. Because they've got some offense, they've they've got some offensive players in Ottawa too. They just Shipped Helen back over to Chicago to get Alex to bring it. They yeah. just signed Claude Giroux. They got that Stutzel guy. They hung seven goals on the Bruins. Like they could score. It's just weird to see that. And uh, another thing that's good to see, which of course I got to mention, your Boston Bruins are number one in the league in goal differential at a plus 23. Oh. Nice. I, I love this team, man. This team oh, is so oh, much oh. fun. You know what I wanted to bring up? Um, what? What? <laughs> oh crap! No, it's a, it's an incredible stat. Um, oh shit! I gotta find it. Damn it! I tweeted it. Hang on, it was a retweet from yesterday. I'm scrolling through. Here it is. The Bruins. A little bit of home cooking. Seven and zero on the home. Seven and zero at TD Garden. Time with the lead. The Bruins have led the game when they're playing at home for two hundred and fifty-one minutes and forty seconds. I want you to guess 
how much time the Bruins have been losing while playing at TD Garden. They've so keep in mind they've had the lead for over 251 minutes. Now, how many minutes have they been losing at the seven Garden? Games, seven games at the Garden. Yep. You said 240. 251 minutes and 40 seconds. 50. 51 minutes and 40 51. seconds. And 40 seconds. Well, seven. No, no. Don't do math. Don't do don't math. Don't do math. Just, just tell me what you honestly think. At the Garden, probably. Oh, my God. I mean, 251 minutes. It's probably. It sounds absurd, but like seven. Seven minutes? Yeah. Of lose oh of of being behind in a game seven minutes locked in seven, the Bruins are seven o and o, at the TD Garden. They've had the lead for two hundred and fifty one minutes and forty seconds. The Bruins at the TD Garden in their seven games this season have been uh, losing for a total of one minute and seventeen seconds. What? <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> that is unbelievable. Say that again. How long? The Bruins have had the lead at TD Garden through seven games for 251 minutes and 40 seconds. The Bruins have been losing for a total of one minute and 17 seconds. The, I mean, no, we've who got tweeted that out? Who tweeted that here. out? That would be Kevin Ball, Kevin Paul Dupont, blue oh check. Oh my God! So Reporter, yeah, writer, globe. word tinkerer, designated for assignments. I'm just reading his Twitter bio. Yeah, he works for the Globe. Um, oh my God! That is like, what the hell? That's absurd. <laughs> that's like you know, that's like, uh, that's like playing NHL and turning off sides off, and you're playing on rookie. <laughs> like that is. Is like is that good? Like Jesus Christ, dude! Something's one minute at the TD Garden. Yeah, <laughs> no, we're not. We're in our home. Oh my God, that's yeah, and like this is wow. why like like they've they've got something special going up here. And even you know games that they're behind, you don't think they're out of, or you think that they're out of. Suddenly they just they score a barrage of goals and they're back in it. Like yeah. they lost to Ottawa. We talked about it before. Uh, they scored three goals. And or they scored three goals in like a minute and a half and then gave up two and then scored like another two in like a minute. And like we, I know Ottawa's at the bottom of the division or the bottom of the league right now, but like the, the potential for this team to make some noise is like, Oh, it's like, it's like they're, it's like a fire that's ready to explode. Like it's just, Ooh, they got something cooking. See, and now I'm, now I'm trying. I'm going back with in the uh, in the game logs, trying to find that minute that we were down at home. Who it was against? Yeah, it must have been the Wild, right? No, because that game. Nope, what about Anaheim? Nope. Were they losing to Anaheim? Nope, it wasn't the Anaheim game. Was it the? Nope, it wasn't the Star game. Was it the Red Wings game? No chance. Nope. The nope. The Blue Jackets. Got shut out at home. Did, did did Arizona score the first goal of the game? Oh, you know what? No, they didn't. I think it had to. No, because we were in Pittsburgh for that game. 
Was it the rain? Nope, we were in Madison Square Garden. I don't know. It's going to take me a while to find that and figure it out. I'll figure it out at some other point, but that's crazy. What a stat, Wait. dude. Thank you, Kevin. I... Or Paul DuPont. I want to find it. <laughs> it's okay. I, Hang on. You can... I re- I like... I'm, I'm finding this. Yeah, because I was... It doesn't make any sense because... Um, we shut out the Blue Jackets at home. Uh, that Pittsburgh game where we were losing, that was in pit. Um, that wild game, it wasn't the wild game because they came back. The wild came back and tied it. What game was it? I'm very interested to find out. It wasn't the Blues. Unless, or no, or was it the Blues? No, it wasn't. DeBrus scored first. It wasn't the Wings. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what game it was. I'm like opening up every single home game to go check. Unless it wasn't the Washington game either. Huh. Interesting. Well, while Mel listens to it, or while while Mel tries to find it, um I wanna thank everybody for listening. Um as always, if Mel, if you find it, feel free to just jump jump in. But um, yeah, as always, thank you guys so much for listening to the Something Bruin podcast. You got it? I, Who found is it? it? I found it. Minnesota Wild. It was the Wild game. Minnesota Wild. Uh, Brandon Duhame scored 18 minutes and five seconds into the first period. Um, and then a minute and what was it? 17 seconds later, Nick Foligo, baby, Nick Foligno scored, <laughs> made the game one, one Bruins scored again. Uh, no, I'm sorry. That wasn't 18 minutes into the first. That was with 18 minutes left in the first. So about two minutes into the game, the wild scored. Then the oh, Bruins scored about a minute yeah. later to tie the game. Then they scored later in the first to take a two, one lead. And they ended up winning four, three, uh, in yep. overtime, Damn. Minnesota wild. They're the ones. Wow. Well, Boy, hey, that was some detective work by me. It was some detective work. Yeah. Any police departments out there listening, you just got a yeah. hell of a resume right there from Mel. <laughs> but yeah. Hey, as always, thank you guys for listening to the Something's Brewing podcast. Um, this was episode 15. Please continue to send DMs, continue to reach out on Twitter, just interact. It's fun. It's awesome. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. I know this is a little late, but you y'all better have voted today. It's your civic mm. duty, damn it. Civic duty. I worked today, and then after work, I went to go vote. What's your excuse? Yeah, I got no excuse. Yeah. I voted as well. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know. Ethan was pissed because he didn't get the sticker. Oh, did he tweet about it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, yeah, I must yeah. have missed that. Oh, yeah, I always go for the sticker. I actually I missed the sticker. Yeah, in uh, when was it? Twenty twenty. I'm I'm twenty three. So I, I the first presidential election I could have voted in was the last one, and I missed the sticker. So I made my friend who was driving home grab me an extra sticker on their way back to school because I wanted one. <laughs> do you do you know where it is right now? Do you have it? Yeah, anywhere? It's, it's on the it's on the back of my laptop. Oh, nice. nice. Oh I'm, yeah, I'm I keeping, saw you I'm that keeping, Yeah, I'm keeping a little collection of I voted stickers in the back of my laptop. Yeah, you want to how you want to hear how much of a weenie I am? Absolutely. I have every sticker from when I voted on like a little 
on like a piece of paper with the date written on it. No, that's not weenie. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like uh like back when like back in the day when like your friends would have like that little that cool little catalog book where they would keep all the quarters from every state in the country i used to have that too <laughs> of course you did oh my god of course you did no i have a I have a million stickers in the back of my laptop and everyone is different than the rest but one consistent thing i'm trying to do actually this is a little bit of a segue or uh, uh, a tidbit my water bottle here my um hydro flask uh, every every time i go somewhere like i vacation somewhere or i just go somewhere somewhere cool i always have to get a sticker from there and i put it on my water bottle so i got cape cod disney nashville my college quinnipiac vegas my brother's farm in georgia new york city and i'm trying to do something like that in the back of my laptop but with i voted stickers so it's a very expensive macbook i intend on having this computer for the next 15 presidential elections so there should be <laughs> there should be quite a boy i would be old as hell maybe not but there should be yeah, quite a few. I voted 85. Yeah. Oh my God. Good math. Well, that's not <laughs> including the 23 years I've already been on this earth, but they would have quite the collection of stickers in the back of my, back of my computer. Yeah. Wait, is, would it be? No, it would not be 85. Well, it's 15 times. 15 four. times four is 60. Yeah. So 85 or 83, however old you are. Oh, well, yeah, that. you're right. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um with that all being said this is episode 15 of something's brewing um i'd like to remind everybody we are in partnership with the black and gold productions llc you can follow them on twitter at bng productions you can follow myself on twitter at underscore mike sullivan you can follow nick on twitter at nick melanson underscore and you can follow our podcast account on twitter at brewing something no G at the end and little plug right here for our YouTube channel. Go check out our YouTube channel right now. If uh, you haven't seen it yet, go subscribe, like comment, all that fun stuff. Um, you can find us on YouTube at something's brewing. So same as the um, podcast title, you can follow us there. Um, we got two videos up there right now. Last episode, that would be episode 14. That's posted up our Halloween edition one. Um, and then my little short on Mitch Miller, um yeah go follow that subscribe like comment do anything you want comment on our on our halloween costumes what we can do better if we look better in our halloween costumes or in our, <laughs> as our normal selves oh wait i wanted to do this live and so i'm i obviously i have a little bit of scruff coming here i got a little bit of a stash and i put this fake stash right over it oh boy. oh my god <gasps> yeah rip it rip it oh. <laughs> Wow. This is why you should be watching our YouTube channel. <laughs> this is where the, the sticker was the worst. Oh man! Just I can't quick. rip it because I don't want to. I don't want to rip my. <laughs> Watch our YouTube channel. Oh, that was a good one. There it is Nick Lanson oh. taking off the Steve Harvey mustache. But, <laughs> but but thank you all for listening so much, and we will catch you guys next week. Bye. I'm pushing that cock, la cocaida. Chabalaga, mm. narco, narco. Go, 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 go
Did you, know, <laughs> did you know that he's the reason that hippopotamuses are native to Colombia now? No. <laughs> he brought in pet hippos and now and they like escaped his compound and now they're running rampant in Colombia. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually so funny. It's a true fact. <laughs> I heard the story about um, when his daughter was cold, so he just lit like a million dollars in cash, oh, start yeah, a fire to that. keep her warm. Can you and did you did you hear that he oh, man, he would spend he would spend like tens of millions of dollars every month just on rubber bands to hold his money. 